The Jesse Blake Sports Report with Jesse Blake. Welcome to the Jesse Blake Sports Report. Whether this is your first time here or your last time here or somewhere in between, I appreciate that you are here today so that we can discuss William Nylander and his brand new contract. In this brand new year of 2024, William Nylander is on the verge of signing an extension with the Toronto Maple Leafs. It is going to be somewhere eight years in the neighborhood of $11 million. And we know this because earlier this week, Nick Kiprios on Kipper and Bourne on Sportsnet revealed that Brad Living, GM of the Toronto Maple Leafs, and William Nylander's agent are deep into negotiations. And the number looks like it's going to be somewhere 11.25-ish over the course of eight years. We got further reporting from the Chris Johnston show with Chris Johnston and Julian McKenzie. And Chris Johnston revealed that it's not really imminent that the contract could get signed. It, it could be like immediate. It, we could get the reveal that the Leafs are doing it at the end of this week or next week or something like that. But it could also take like a month. It could also take some time. So we don't really know when they're going to complete the negotiations. But Chris Johnson, as he's been saying since the summer for months, he's 99 out of 100% sure that William Nylander is going to sign this eight-year deal with the Leafs. It's getting done. He is a Leaf. And we need to, we need to establish that. Whether you, you think it's a good deal, whether you think it's too much money or too little money, that's all stuff we can discuss in the comments below on this YouTube video or on Twitter, at uh, SDPN Sports on Twitter. You can yell us. Yell at us about it. It's going to get done. William Nylander will sign an extension with the Toronto Maple Leafs for eight years in the next month or two or somewhere in there. We know that. Thank you, Chris, for establishing that. We appreciate you. So now that we know it's happening, let's talk about if they should do this and if this is a right way to build your roster. Because the Toronto Maple Leafs are entering unprecedented territory with this signing. They are already in unprecedented territory with the way they have constructed their current lineup. Right now, the Toronto Maple Leafs have three players that make double digits AAV. They have Mitch Marner making 10.9. They have Austin Matthews, who's making 11, but next year that contract bumps up to 13.25. And they have John Tavares, who signed for one more year at $11 million. So, going into next year, I'm, I'm laughing because of how ridiculous this is. Going to next year, once this wheelie contract gets done, and let's say everything holds full holds for, they're going to have four guys making double digits. And to put that into context, with the way all the other teams in the National Hockey League are running their operations, no other team has more than one forward making double digits that that's that's correct that is a fact no other team has more than one forward making double digits and if you go beyond just forwards there's only two teams in the national hockey league who have two players making double digits the florida panthers got uh they got sasha barkov and they got bobrovsky oh and i guess they got how much does kachuk make is Kachuk double digits too? Matt, no, Matthew's 9.5. Yeah, so the Florida Panthers got two guys, Bobrovsky and Barkov, and then the Kings got Dowdy and they got Kopitar, who each uh, make double digits there. That's it for the teams that are paying multiple players double digits. So 
the Leafs are already leading the league in guys making double digits. And they are going to advance that lead by paying William Nylander. I just wanted to check on Kale McCarr. Yeah, Kale McCarr is making $9 million. I'm not freaking out about that. All right, $9 million. So the Leafs are going to advance their lead by – they're already up by one on every other team. They're going to advance that lead, and they're going to go up by two on every other team. And is this a correct way to build your roster? Can the Leafs win the Stanley Cup? Because that's the ultimate goal here. The ultimate goal is so they won a playoff round with this roster. So we know they can win one round, and then – they can get curb stomped by Florida in the second round. They know that's possible with the way they're constructing the roster. But with the salary cap going up by $4 million and expecting to go up over the next couple of years, with John Tavares' number coming off the books for one season, my whole thing about the William Nylander contract has been it's one season of pain. You're gonna, we know it's going to get done, so you swallow one season of pain with John Tavares on the books at 11, and then you have a new contract with him that's hopefully in the neighborhood of $7 million, somewhere in maybe eight, like eight might be pushing it, but if he can take like the biggest hometown discount, because we know somebody else would pay him a whole bunch of money, but if John Tavares can take a huge hometown discount, one year of a really strung-together roster makes a little bit more sense and also mitch marner's up at the end of next year going into last season's off off season mitch marner did not have trade protection his no move clause kicked in on july 1st there was a reasonable argument to move marner's contract so that you don't have this real giant cap crunch for the 24-25 season that didn't happen, so we can't relitigate history in that way. But it would have been interesting to do. Now you have the opportunity to where Mitch Marner is going to command a number in the similar ballpark as William Nylander because the amount of points he put up, the amount of teams that are willing to pay it, he's going to want something Nylander-esque and a little bit more. So you have the opportunity at the end of next season to free up if John Tavares is 11, but he kicks back uh, to a 6 or 7, you free up 4 there. And Mitch Marner seems like the big question of where do you take that 11, that 10.9, he's making the $11 million and reallocate it to the rest of your roster. Is it a winning formula for next season? Because their window is every single year they have to be winning the Stanley Cup, right? So is it possible for the Leafs to string together a real cup contender with these four guys making all of this money? I have my doubts about that. I'm not like I'm not really excited about seeing what next year's team can look like, but the 25-26 team is the one that looks like it's going to be the best version of the Matthews era Leafs, which isn't which isn't the best thing for fans. Like the the cap has made this whole this whole situation about looking at these teams like a real a real hellscape. Like, you know, you don't want to be rooting for your team based on, on the cap, but that is the parameters that the league is working within. This, that is what our teams are looking at. And you can't just sign all the guys else. They would do it. And when the Leafs could sign all the guys, when there was no cap, they still don't win. So it doesn't really matter, but I'm looking forward to that version of the Leafs because then we get the flexibility of where real money, real significant money is coming off the books. And there's see this, move like for me is like thumbs up go do it because the long-term prospects 
of the Toronto Maple Leafs look great. I think there's a there's so much money coming off the books in a couple of years. Same with this offseason. You have you have a lot of sin, significant one-year deals on the books this season. Bertuzzi's a UFA. Domi's a UFA. Um, we have Brody's a UFA as well. Geo, and then less le- like Geo's a lesser contract, it's 800 grand. He's 40, he might retire, who knows? Uh, Lagason's a UFA, Martin's a UFA, and then you have money like Jake Muzzin's, Matt Murray's, and John Klingberg's, all co- and Samsonoff as well, all coming off the books. There's a lot of free money this offseason, but the four guys making double digits really crap crunches you. But in the following season, there's even more money coming off. So I'm very happy with where the Leafs sit in the distant future, in the two season, season and a half future of the Toronto Maple Leafs. But I'm a little worried about how tight you got to make these budgets for the next season. And the money works like Willie fits with everything. It's just how do you build a real good roster around your giant four contracts when there's no room and there's no money available? A lot of guys love coming to Toronto on cheaper deals, which is like thumbs up, use that to your advantage, Brad. Go do it. But I think like next year, the team might have to take a step back or the guys who are making all the money step up, which is that's what the money's for step up and do it so i don't know there's a lot of promise in the leafs i don't i'm not down on the contract at all because yeah either next year you have the guys who are making all the money you put it on them to step up and you don't really fill out the rest of the roster um with any big contracts because you can't and then going into the following season you have all of this money all of these stars and this run here that the leafs have with the matthews deal and and the the era that they're going for it here, where they're a real competitive playoff team year in and year out, it's going to extend. It's going to extend with this Neil Ayer contract and with the contracts coming off the books and the prospects that look to be coming up and them not getting rid of draft picks as recently, you know, and having a guy like Eason Cowan and Fraser Minton and Joseph Wall and, and Hildeby coming up and them filling out the rosters. Like, there's a lot of good stuff happening with the Leafs and it might just be one year of everybody pull up your bootstraps. Oh, I don't swear on this podcast. Everybody pull up your bootstraps and get it together. We'll man together as a team. We don't have a lot of cap, but the following year, you know, we might lose a couple guys, but we're going to be ultra competitive and building that real Stanley Cup contender that Brad Living envisions having now but he's going to have it in a couple seasons. That's kind of my thoughts of where I'm sitting at. That's kind of a, a thought dump on what the Nylander contract means and what it looks like going forward for the Leafs sitting in this league and trying to be competitive. What are your thoughts? Leave them in the comments below. Um, just dump all of your Leafs trauma onto us and, and we'll take a look and, and see if anybody's got any good ideas about how the Leafs can handle this new $11 million contract that's going to be on the books for them moving forward for the next eight seasons. That is it for me today. Oh yeah. If you're not watching also like tweet or Instagram us at SDPN sports everywhere. Fire it there. If you want as well, that is it for me today. I will see you again soon. Thank you for being here. You could have been anywhere in the world, but you chose to be listening or watching this podcast right now. And I appreciate you for that. Good night from Toronto. And that is how it's done.
The Jesse Blake Sports Report with Jesse Blake. Jesse Blake, the guy that likes to hear his name twice in one sentence. Sure, I know him. No, he doesn't have an ego at all.